You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Cosmos After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Cosmos After Show. I'm getting strange stares from everyone here at AfterBuzz TV Studios, but there's a reason why this song is being played. Okay. As we all know, welcome AfterBuzz TV Nation. This is Cosmos, season one, the only one, episode number seven. The episode was called The Clean Room. I'm JC, and let's go around the table and introduce our wonderful panel of hosts, starting with the lovely lady in blue and white. Hello, I am Autumn Chickless. And what is that, Peach, my friend? What's going on? What you got on there? Yeah, it's a beautiful peach Easter color. Oh, yes, that's right. Mm, uh-huh. And right. what's your name? It's 420 Easter. <laughs> it's right? That's his name. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dylan Chance. Uh, praise it and blaze it. Uh, we're a minute 28 <laughs> in. Happy, happy our show, Easter. Yes, our show is done. And, of course, the man of sense and sensibility, the scientist I'm, of the group. Hi, everyone. I'm Scott Moore. Okay, guys. There's a reason why we opened with this song. Any, any guesses why? Uh, no, I have no guesses why you opened with that song. Okay, well, tonight's episode was dealing basically of the cosmos of time. Of, you know, yes. how old, how old sure. Earth is. Right. right. Well, the scientist, Mr. Patterson, Claire Patterson, was voiced by Richard Gere. Oh, oh that's quite a connection there. Okay. They're filling it all in, everybody. Uh, all right. Oh. I'm with you now. All right, so. It makes so much sense. Says, but no oh. show, the more you know. Yeah. All right, now, no show would be complete without... The master of the ones and twos, our lady stats. Lady stats. What's up, everyone? Marissa Serafini. Hello. We love having you every week. I love being here. Our fans love you. Oh, do they? They do. We're going to have to throw you here on the table, but then who's going to engineer for us? I don't know. We're going to have to get another engineer. Or maybe a special, special guest. All right, now, so, (laughs) overall (laughs) thoughts on tonight's episode, guys. Uh, Duck soup my ass. Duck soup my ass. That's right. That's how I felt. Duck soup. What, what did you guys think? Did, were you more compelled? I did not want to do tonight's episode. Literally, I wanted to stay home. I actually did, too, actually. I did, too. But Are you serious? That's because I, I enjoyed too much wine today, but that's a whole other story. Well, <laughs> I enjoyed too much food today. That's a whole other story. So, yeah. but was that the reason why? You, yeah. I was so tired and exhausted. Oh, but you know what? I pulled through so that I could come here. I could be here. And watch Cosmos. You. And you. learn. No, I really wasn't feeling... I, I have a hard time with Earth science. Oh. Yeah? Yeah, because I'm always thinking the cosmos. I always want to be exploring right. space. Oh, you space. want to be in space. You want to yeah. be in space. You don't like All being right. on Earth. I feel you. I, I like the flash and the, you know, just, I, I like the pizzazz. But then without us learning about our own Earth, how do we know what's abroad? Exactly. And also, it's pretty remarkable that we've been, uh, you know, we've been able to go out into space and discover so many things about the universe. So we still haven't really figured out everything about our home turf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean when you think about the ocean specifically. That's what I was just, exactly. You were just, just read my mind there because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, we haven't even gone through and even scoured the depths of the ocean, which are 
four or five miles deep yeah, in some meanwhile, spots. Meanwhile, we're like discovering exactly. cousin planets mm-hmm. uh, to Earth at this point, light mm-hmm. years away. Yeah. So then, would you guess? I was surprised by tonight's episode. Actually, I, like I said, I did not want to come in after I watched it. I thought it was one of my favorite episodes so far, and I I learned so much. Like I said. I usually cover Kardashians and The Bachelor and whatnot, but I'm getting my <laughs> learn on here. And let me just say, tonight's episode, coupled with the story, because sometimes we get lost in the story. Mm-hmm. They run one or two stories during each episode and tie it into the theme. But tonight's episode, I, it, it deeply impacted me. I, I honestly can say, I, not because it was Richard Gere, but I mean, <laughs> just... That was my reason. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, but just what we learn, and basically, I did not know about the struggles with oil. I did not know... You know, I've, I've known about it, but it felt, did it feel a little kind of, not, I don't want to say conspiracy theorist, but more so it was trying to make, once again, that social stance that it does in yes. every episode. Yeah, it, it, that, it definitely did. I don't, that's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, that's the truth. It is the truth. This is what they did. Okay. And like, like you said, this was a good episode. And I, this was the one that probably made me the most angry so far. Usually I'm a happy after Cosmos, but like <laughs> after this one... I was just You're very yes, upset. You were. I was walking back and forth. I was pacing, saying, like, ah, I want to go back in time, and I want to destroy the people that did this. I did. I said that during <laughs> the show. Said I said, I just want to go back in time and kick this guy's ass. The guy that was uh, the scientist arguing for the big oh, yeah. oil Robert Kehoe. Robert Kehoe, Kehoe, yes. What a like waste of time yeah. travel, but I would do it. All right, so we'll give Dylan plenty of time Sorry, for his guys. soapbox Sorry. speech a little bit later. Yeah. And, of course, we've got some news, right? Do we have a little we stuff do, coming course. up, a little Kepler stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely, so stay tuned for that. So News, what's got? Let's go. News in two news minutes or less, what's got? All right, tune in at 11. let's get into the episode. So what did we learn? Basically, the Earth was created on October 22nd, <laughs> 4004 B.C. at 6 p.m. Yeah, it was a Saturday, Saturday night. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> yes, and that was John, James Usher of Ireland, the Archbishop. Yeah. Now, how did he come to Usher that? Usher with two S's. Granted. Not like the Usher. Well, well, at least he was the first person to actually try to put a right. date to something, so I will commend him for that. Absolutely. He gets would, a lot of credit for that. Yeah. He was horribly wrong. Okay, you don't give him too much credit for that. I'm giving him credit for I'll trying. Give him, yeah, it's give the... Give for trying. It's the first step. Right. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Right. And in this attempt, obviously, he happened to be very wrong because he was using uh, he was using um, the Bible as the uh, scientific <laughs> stance, which is you know debatable as to whether it's not debatable. It's it's not accurate at all. So it was a uh, he was wrong. But I will commend him for being the first person to take that step into asking yeah. the question: How old is the Earth? How can mm-hmm. I figure this out? Autumn, would you say, do you think that this whole series, you know, we've talked about the, the episode on evolution and whatnot and mm-hmm. how it is a slap in the face to creationists. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, right now, the way, the way you brought up that story, which was how it was explained on the episode, is this just another pummeling of, for the creationists? I mean, do they have a right to gripe? What is, go- I mean, is I mean, there an agenda, I, I, I'm asking, is there an agenda by Seth MacFarlane and company to push this down in such a way where... Are we going to open minds, or are we just going to anger the other side? I think the goal ultimately is to open minds. I mean, I don't. I personally am not for isolating two separate schools of thought. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the debate between, um, you know, the creationist versus evolution debate with uh, Bill Nye, Bill Nye sure. and mm-hmm. that I thought was excellent because it actually fostered a discussion as opposed to just finger pointing. And I think as funny as you know 
people who I watch and love dearly, like Bill Maher and some people who are more into isolation tactics, it's less effective than actually uh, bringing conversation together and educating. So um, I hope that it's trying to, it's not trying to finger point, but there's always going to be a level of accusation when you're discussing facts versus maybe... The problem, sorry. No, please, please. The problem with this is, like, in the debate... um, Mm -hmm. The problem with this is you, that you, when you have a debate, you give them grounds as if their argument is valid. Okay, that's um, I agree with and you. I, don't, I do agree with that. And I, I didn't think that debate should have happened. Now, I know it came off and it made the guy look stupid and he was saying a bunch of stuff and you know, a lot of people were laughing at him. But the people that truly believe and were listening to him, they're going to walk away going, oh, he won that. He won that argument. They're not going to hear the other side because they're so just tuned in to his argument. Isn't that in general, um, though, for any yeah, but people are that's, passionate about that's one side how, or another? But that's why I like this show, because there is no other side. It's like, look, these are the facts. Like, I don't yeah. like stop listening to your other side. This is it. Well, uh, <laughs> well, Dylan, Scott, yeah. think, how would it go, like, let's say from the angle of creationism and whatnot, you, you tend to hear people, they've said, I, I, I'm getting this from Star Talk. There was an episode this week mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Tyson and Steven Soder, who wrote Cosmos. Right. And he talked about the fact that with creationism, they tend to preach a little more. And then when it comes from a science point of view, we just display the facts. And what they brought up on the show was, isn't it about time for us maybe to start preaching the facts mm-hmm. a little bit more? Or am yeah. I wrong? I'm just... No, I, I, I absolutely agree. But I, I think there's a way of being able, like you were saying, Autumn, that there's a way to be able to put both of them together in the sense that creationism can be used as a template for the scientific fact. It's more of a story and more of a, you know, but if you can meld the two together and understand that you can mix the story with the fact of this is this is mm-hmm. scientific truth. And mm-hmm. I think that's a way, but what you were saying, Dylan, is that people get into a point where they get too passionate about one side or the other and they automatically close off from anything else. Yeah, maybe if we can get enough people but, to, to ignore it, it'll just go away. But the problem is that when <laughs> you're trying that when you're representing well, yeah, exactly, when you represent one side, it's the same thing though because by yeah, representing right. one side of scientific truth, then there's going to be a group of people that are going to automatically the tune out whatever feel, you're saying. Yeah, the yeah. way I feel is that Regardless. the facts speak for themselves. Right. Sure. I'm a huge believer in education just because I feel like if you present the truths on a table, it will always ring and there will be a there will be something it will always come Fourth, essentially, sure. if, it if it is, surface. yeah, it'll yeah. always rise to the surface. Hey, they said that in the show. They said uh, you can't fool nature; nature yeah, won't yeah. be fooled, or whatever. So exactly. That's so it. the way I it'll, have always, I've light. always been under the philosophy that if you take a bunch of people of different backgrounds and put them in a room and you display the facts, ultimately, over time, if you keep displaying the facts and more and more people have eyes, they have ears, they're capable of understanding and questioning someone is going, and little by little, people are going to go, yeah, that seems right. It Mm -hmm. does. So for me, or for my money, I'm a huge believer of displaying the facts, letting them speak for themselves. So when it comes to, because when you preach, you end up isolating people and you get people on the defensive and they kind of close their ears and go into their own preach mode. And it's a really difficult topic. It's really hard. It's hard. It's hard. Well, instead of us just spending so much time, I just wanted to, let's, let's move on to, and speaking of, um, omnipotence, I was going to say the fact how Dr. Tyson can move mountains. Oh, that was amazing. (laughs) That was awesome. I don't even know he had that cosmic power. Hey, he's got, he's got every power. Come on, he's Neil. You know, do whatever he wants. All right. So the myth, the legend, 
<laughs> we start figuring out the age of well, we talk about the the meteorite. Actually, was it? Wait, 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 hold on. We go to the asteroid belt, where somehow about a million years ago, a larger asteroid was hit by a smaller, a- small asteroid. Thank like you. Collided changed the tra- the and trajectory. changed it. And then hurled it down to us, mm-hmm. and it landed, what, 50,000 years ago in a place we now call Arizona. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a strange place, Arizona. It is. So, <laughs> it actually is. It is. <laughs> so, once again, tonight's episode for me, the visuals were stunning. I loved when they hovered over the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Was that the Grand Canyon? Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm well, kidding. there's a lot of canyons in Arizona, so you never know. <laughs> no, but just tonight's episode. That's just the biggest one. From the start, those first 10 minutes. Yeah, and the grandest then, Yes. yes. It, it just to me, for me, what I got the most out of tonight were the visuals. And that's why mm-hmm. I was hooked. Those last week, it felt I, I was missing those special effects. I was missing yeah. just the grandiosity of the, of the show and of what Earth is. And I got it tonight. So moving a little further, let's start talking about the layers. Ah, the layers. Yes. Dylan, tell us a little bit about the layers. Do you have it? Yeah, I wrote some of it down. They were talking about the sediments in the Grand Canyon, and they were talking about how he, he picked one shell. I think I just hit water on you. Sorry about that. Uh, the Precambrian period was the first shell, and it was like, Correct. what, a billion years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then they went down to the next level, and that was the, what, Bright Angel Shale? That's what I wrote down. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, about and that was like 530 million years ago. Um, and they were just talking about how the sediments, they thought, ah, we can measure the Earth based on the sediments, and like, because they the go down in the layers. Mm-hmm. But then they found out that some layers take thousands of years to turn the sediments in the rock and spread down. But others take uh, just days if there's a massive flood because the sediments will push in and push down. So they couldn't get accurate readings on the sediments of the earth because they just form so differently depending on the situation. So then how are we going to determine the age of the earth? Enter Claire Patterson. Very sad, <laughs> yes. Or actually, what was it? Um, and Harrison, Harrison Brown. Brown. Harrison, Harrison Brown. Brown. Yeah. Enter Harrison Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes, Harrison Brown. And, of course, what we got out of that one was basically duck soup. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, okay, what it said was Patterson Brown, he understood, he understood the process, but he chose Claire Patterson to do the work. Yeah. Why? Oh, That's he's a busy you man. do with your assistants. That's right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Don't you have any assistance, JC? No, not yet. I'm <laughs> looking for some. Okay, so <laughs> with that said, no, but actually, you know what? I want us to stew on this duck soup because we do have to take a moment and say hi to our sponsors, correct, Marissa? Let's take it away. <laughs> yeah. That's Let's not correct. leave home without this. My name is Yvonne Sarabia, and I am a home health aide. My credit score was very high. It was like 700 something. Then I had like a hiccup in my finances. Everything just whoo, crashed. But I don't crawl under a rock and cry. It takes baby steps to get back. So that, that's what I am doing. With American Express Serve, you have a full service prepaid account that helps you handle your money simply and affordably. There's no credit check. You can pay your bills online and reload cash for free at over 15,000 locations, all for $1 a month, and all backed by the 24-7 service of American Express. This is what membership is. This is what membership does. Get started with an American Express Serve card at CVS Pharmacy or Family Dollar today. Terms and restrictions apply. Go to serve.com for more details. And we're back. So where do we leave off? Basically, I'm the bad student. 
You're the bad student, yeah. Yes. Claire Patterson was a bad student, they said. But that equals then the You're going to be a major genius scientist right. and solve the world's problems. Why is that always Ills. the way it goes? It's always the rebel who is bad at school who ends up making the groundbreaking discoveries and changing everything. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but that's kind of interesting that you bring that up, though, because then does that make us question our whole education system? But moving on. That's a different, that's, <laughs> that's a, a whole other oh, show. Come on, don't another open story. That. We don't have time don't for that. that. Yeah, we don't. Zircon grains. Thank you. <laughs> so basically, the the task was from Patterson Brown to Claire Patterson. No, Harrison Brown. Harrison, Harrison Brown. Sorry, I got confused when he said, can I call you Pat? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, am I the only one that thought these animations in this episode were, like, particularly weird tonight? Like, they, they seemed a little weird. weird compared to all the other episodes. Like, they all seemed a little, like, just kind of creepy and yes. like, on this weird level. I think it was that the time period. <laughs> The you 20th so? century, they were trying to... Trying to like a madman? Yeah, in the 60s? It, was, it sort of had that, yeah, it sort of had the 50s and 60s Mind had if that. I kill you, Pat. <laughs> and then, like, he's sitting there cleaning with a broom and takes off his shirt. I was like, okay. Yeah, it was just was weird stuff. I felt a it lot of... I'm going to get you to measure some zircon grains, <laughs> Pat. After hours. <laughs> all right, but see, but all that, and we're giving him such a hard time, but he did this for six years. Trying oh, to, yeah. trying yes, to, find, you know, trying to clean out his lab. Right, his lead levels were all over the place. Yes. He was mopping things. He was boiling things in acid, and nothing seemed to work. Yeah, well, germaphobe to the max. Well, I mean, that's what we. That's well, how I live. That's how lead is one of those things yeah. that you just can't get rid of. So <laughs> once, it's eternal. Yes, yeah, so once it's in you or once it's on something, it's there forever, pretty much. It's it doesn't change. You can't get rid of it. So that is a problem. That's why he was. That was funny too when the way they showed him like seeing all these things everywhere. It's like, oh my god, he's going crazy. But lead does make you go crazy. But the thing was, is the moment that I saw that at the very beginning of the episode, I knew right away that he was because of the time period that he was, you know, thinking about lead because Mm -hmm. it was such a prevalent thing, especially back in the '60s, right into the '70s and early '80s. Leaded gasoline. And this all went down in, um, I guess, Pasadena, which is for our super fan out there. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, everything went down (laughs) in Pasadena, and and he ended up building what we call the clean room now. And to me, it reminded me very Breaking Bad. Ah, (laughs) Doctor Tyson. Yes, Yes. very different. Yes, I just read so much in this episode. I was, it, it was adventure watching it tonight. So. This is where Walter White well, got the idea. It was, it was almost the first time that we focused on something so relatively modern, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's we were cool. in the, the mid-20th century, and we focused on one particular scientist instead of in the past, and we're three or four, like you were right. saying, and it was way back, and then we were going on to tie it all together. This was the first time we really kind of focused on modern history. And I'm glad we did that, because this guy was a hero. Hero. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. And you, he doesn't get much credit for it. He, he doesn't. Really like, I am, you know what? I'm sad to say this, but I had never heard of this guy before. Me either? I knew the whole lead debacle, but I didn't know about this guy. And this guy did so much to take lead out of, like, just our daily lives. And that's amazing because he fought against these major companies that were paying other scientists off to, like, spread false information. The whole system was evil. It still is in some parts, but that ticked me off. There's my rant. <laughs> you're killing our sound yeah, engineer yeah. pounding on the table. I'm sorry. You're, you're sorry. <laughs> sorry. But, but you're passionate about it. Yes. So No, I picked up – see, you guys pick up the science stuff. I pick up, like, the mood, like the theme, like, the show themes of it because mm-hmm. if you listen to the score, it sounded like Charlie's Angels to me. 
<laughs> go back and listen to the episode, and you'll hear the, like, the little chimes, and you would hear it. It's very Charlie's Angels-esque. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And the fact that what you said, that now you want to find out more about Claire Patterson. Yeah, I do. I want to go yeah. read more about this guy. So many of us, I, I know I'm going to. Yeah. I think we all are, and I can imagine how many countless Americans, or actually since this show is international, how many people... I'm going to start investigating this further and further and further and untangle that web that's been... He fought the good fight. He did. And what's really cool about focusing on more modern uh, science is the fact that when we really talk about scientific discoveries, people tend to think about the earliest discoveries, like Newton and gravity and all that fun stuff. But really, people tend to think of science as the technology that we're getting. So like, oh, my iPhone is the most scientific Mm -hmm. thing that I have. Or um, as a like non-progressing field, and first of all, it's because we don't really put the emphasis on it that we should, I think. But more to the point, I think it's cool that we're talking about a major scientific discovery made relatively recently. Sure. And to inspire people to say, hey, this is still something... Things like this need to be discovered daily. We need to kind of focus more on... What else are they lying to us about? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, we kind of (laughs) think of every... I guess the way I'm I'm trying to articulate is that when you think of philosophy, when you think of science, people tend to think, oh, it's already... The major stuff has been discovered Mm -hmm. already, except, you know, things that are either light years and light years away from Mm -hmm. us that we have no idea of. But when we're talking about something that's relatively recent and local, I mean... Pasadena, yeah. something that's a lot more tangible. We were talking about the earlier uh, earlier in the episode, our Earth. There's a lot we have to figure out here and now, not just you know the extent of our universe. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. In in effect, I think the the episode then really hit you dead center. It was dead mm-hmm. solid, perfect because when um, yep. Doctor when Claire Patterson made that discovery, he started quoting those that came before him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that so was good. Perfect so time, was absolutely. Yeah, he was thanking those scientists that that helped lead to that moment of being able to get to that point. Having that moment of discovery, but then once he made that discovery, the shadowy figures appeared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money. It was, he uh, he <laughs> put that paper out there, even though they were like, "Oh, that's the same people that fund us." He's like, "Whatever, I'm gonna put that paper out there anyways." And then they showed up, offering more money to go off and research other things and mm-hmm. leave let alone. You covered lead. Just go along, go do something else. Mm-hmm. That's how they are. Now, I want <laughs> those to... shadowy figures. That's the way they always are. Big oil assassins. Mm-hmm. And bef- but before we move into that one, I was I was talking more of the foreshadowing of when they showed up because the, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the whole series ends up doing is they'll have this little foreshadowing within the episode that yeah. twenty minutes later is the payoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see it every episode because then we go off into this little tangent about Saturn. Well, it's not even a tangent. Basically, it's the true explanation mm-hmm. of lead and yeah. Okay, yeah. and with the history of the Roman Empire yeah. and that as well, with all their lead you know, that went back to lead and 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 the horrible thing about that is they knew that it was toxic, but the people that were dealing with it close at hand, they're like, oh, they're disposable. They're just slaves. They can be killed off. But but it's the same thing. Like you it's were saying, the same thing? that happened relatively recent. Is it all comes down to money? It was like it was mm-hmm. cheap. It was easy to produce. It was malleable. And it can be used for a lot of different things, so why not just put it in there? And all of the uh, ignoring Mm -hmm. nature, ignoring Mm -hmm. the fact that it's dangerous to people, and just not worrying about the lower class, the slaves, and everyone dying is what led to uh, one of the things that led to the fall of Rome. Yes, And uh, we all know that history repeats itself. Bummer. Dylan, you are on fire tonight, so... (laughs) All right, so now let us move to, I know now we know 
lettuce poisonous. Oh, wait, po- wait, we didn't wait. talk about the Saturnalia, the crazy oh, yeah. Saturn. Yes. Okay, Christmas. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Take it away. Christmas. And it, um, so they were talking about Saturn was named after what? The god of... Heaven what? and Earth. Heaven it was the son of Heaven and son Earth. Of, okay. And, and they were saying it, they named it after lead because it would move so slow so and they thought it mm-hmm. killed its other brothers or whatever. Um, so they knew Saturn had to relate with lead. Ate his child. Yeah, there you go. His Ate his child. Classic. Which, by the way, you did know. you hear about the new moon with Saturn that's oh, in yeah. the middle yes. of the rings? Yes, Peggy. It did. Yes, Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> it's in the middle of like one of the rings, which I thought was crazy too. I'm like, oh, it's just hanging out in one of the rings. It's, it's neat that we're like watching a new moon form. Yeah. Like, so what does that cool. bring us up to? How many moons in, on Saturn now? Oh boy. I get them confused uh, between because Ju- Jupiter has a lot. Jupiter has it's like fifty six to sixty three, I believe. I think Saturn has thirty something in no. Jupiter, no. isn't it? I thought it was a more. Bit more. Mm. Everyone out there, tell us how many. Yes. How many are there? Let us know. That is a question of the night, unless head. Lady Stats beats you all to it. Go, Marissa. Go. <laughs> um, Five seconds. Anyways, they when the Church came along mm-hmm. thousands of years later, and they were trying to turn. Uh, Chris pagans into Christians, and they were like trying to get more people. They made Christmas around the same time as Saturnalia, mm-hmm. their pagan festival, to attract more pagans. Did they do this for a reason? Right now that you're explaining this, yeah. and today it's Easter. Do you think mm-hmm. it's another little nudge? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it has to be. But it's I mean, that again, that, that's something that happened though, and the fact that you know pagans celebrated that day when it was the lightest day or longest night of the year and that way it was a celebration of like now the lights come so it was all part of yeah. no Scott I understand that but why do it on tonight's episode I do it on Easter yeah. you mean yeah. why is it yeah, was it a coincidence I, I, that they kind of nothing's a coincidence I, yeah but at the same time I could play it as a coincidence and just the episode I just conveniently I think happened on Easter because Easter was late this, no, this year no it's good it's good but because no, a lot of people don't that. realize that most religions that they celebrate they think, oh, they're religious. This uh, holiday started with my religion. My religion invented this holiday. But they don't realize that they were already holidays thousands of years before their religion even came into existence. But these people don't know that. You're going to get us in trouble with all the horror Good. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the wonderful world of <laughs> Dutch Boy and the 1920s. Oh, yes. And just the insidious plots and plant. Plots and plans. Sorry, my English is not very good today. Plots and plans. Yes. Pots and pans. Pots and pans. Plots and pans. Well, pots and pans had led. That was the tie-in. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. See? Got my back. All right. So, once again, greed consumes us all because Mm -hmm. we found out that there was an additive they could add to that would create, what was it? Tetraethyl. I can't even speak now. Yes. Which just like a half a cup, which there's a right uh, on your skin could kill you. It is so highly toxic. Yet they were manufacturing, what is it, 60, to- 60 million tons? Was yeah. It? I mean, in every th- and it was in every product, like we were talking about off camera. I mean, it was in toys. It was in, uh, it was in paints and uh, Dutch Boy until 1978. Yep. It was, yeah, cups. Where's the hell is this cup? Silverware. <laughs> it's two years old. Okay. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're okay. I think we're I mean, it was amazing how many products had it in there besides, you know, gas. Besides leaded gasoline, uh, which oh yeah, yeah, it was a, a, a unbelievable, um, and that's where we have a lot of issues even today, where you have to you know have pl- places basically scrapped because they have lead paint if they were before 1978. So I mean that's very recent. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, and then once again we see Claire Patterson come back into mm-hmm. the picture, and because he was mm-hmm. starting on a new study, correct? Now, what was that going into the... Are you talking about snow going in? Well, going to, yeah, going first, to like Antarctica, going up to Greenland. Well, first he went to the ocean, didn't he? Right. 
Oh the, yeah, the shallow water there, and again, it's true. Like when With you have the shallow and the, and the deeper water, and and, they and that's when he wrote his paper. Right, thank you. There mm-hmm. we go. I'm I'm so confused right now. You got it. Okay. Higher anyway. concentrations of lead in the shallow water, and then in the deeper water, because okay. it takes a long time for it to, to mix, sink. Down. Yeah, and mix in. Okay, so what I'm wondering is why. Okay, this is where I was confused. Okay. Okay. Why would the oil company allow or fu- help fund? Dr. Pa- you know Patterson's research. They did at first. They, oh, at, at first, because uh, what? At first, did they even know he was doing based on lead? They probably didn't even know. No, they're, they're probably, probably just like, realize. "Hey, we're paying this guy." They also, probably didn't realize the consequences that were exactly. at hand, yeah. the discoveries he was going exactly. to make because they had another scientist who knew more about the field than anyone else alive, Dr. as he Kehoe humbly put it. Had already had his stuff out there, and people were kind of believing that because yeah. they were like, "Okay, great," you know, and just kind of let it go because he said it, there was no proof that it was dangerous mm-hmm. and. So they probably thought they were protected by that. Nobody out in the world and the consumers, nobody was raising a big interest. And especially what we're talking about too off camera is like back in that time period, you didn't have all the multiple sources. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have people online being able to say, hey, there's all these instances of my children having issues. You didn't have that back then. You just had the three stations. Right. You had newspapers. And if you were a way to get those people to be shut down and say everything's fine, yeah. what you were fed through those three stations right. and the newspaper is what you were fed, and it was and where you got your news, and that was the end of it. Also paid for by the big companies. Hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm just the this more and more. you mad, didn't it? Yeah, yes. I'm ticked. The more and more <laughs> this episode pleased. is, he's just such a hero. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, we went up against very big odds, you know, with these big companies. But the other thing that was pretty amazing... I'm surprised they didn't kill him. Well, I am too, but I'm also surprised that the government... No, that the government stepped up and actually had his back, too. And that's a surprise. Back in that nowadays, that doesn't happen. Right, and that, that, you know, the EPA was formed uh, by Nixon in the 19th... Well, they had Edward Muskie, Mm -hmm. who was a big environmental politician anyways at the time, so he was very big on that, and he actually ran for president and lost horribly. Uh, But... He was the one that, that was behind all that, and they, they started the EPA in, in 73, and that's when they said you had to phase out lead. And uh, it didn't happen. years after. Yeah, well, it didn't happen until 86, from, well, from 66 to 86, right. but <sighs> 73 is when they said you have to cut it back, and by 1986, no more leaded gasoline. Because I actually remember as a kid growing up being able to see the leaded and unleaded, you know, when you'd go to the gas station, and it's oh, such wow. a weird thing to think about that, you know, there was so much danger with that, but it was in everything. Even yeah. think about the pencils, you know, even like when you oh, yeah. yeah, leaded pencils. I mean, that's the thing that we forget about. Like, everything had lead yeah. uh, back in the mid-20th century. So basically, I mean, tonight, honestly, it was a bit of a shift, but I so much that was learned. I really, yeah. I love AfterBuzz. I love being here, but I can't wait for the show to for us to wrap up tonight because I'm going to go read up more about Claire Patterson. I, I am honestly moved by the guy so much and I'm so appreciative of this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Brilliant episode for me. I mean, any final thoughts wrapping up anything we might have missed mm. before we move into sexy news and gossip mm-hmm. with Scotty the Body? <laughs> Scotty the Body. That's what we call him. Well, all I'll say about the episode is that it is wonderful. I mentioned this earlier. I was talking about it earlier. It's wonderful <clears throat> to see that someone, a scientist who is so recent was able to make a discovery and then stick to it and fight for the truth of the situation and the truth of the facts and wasn't persuaded by money and big mm-hmm. companies and even the fear of knowing that his projects were going to be defunded. He actually stood up for the moral thing. And norm- I mean, I hate to be that person who's like, yay, cliches, let's sell But no, in this case, yes, let's celebrate the cliche of the little guy actually 
prevailing. Prevailing. I mean, because he really yeah. did. When you think about people now that with their kids and everything, it's like, and even in, in humans in general, it's like 80% less mm-hmm. lead in our bodies now Yep. than back in the mid-20th century. And you think, again, like we're talking about, it's like mercury poisoning. It's in, lead is in you forever. It never goes away. Mm. So it's when you get those higher instance. lead levels, that's it. So, I mean, it is amazing that it affects everybody's lives. And that's, to me, what's cool about science. And you got to focus on the victories. I guess that's right. the way Alan ended when we were talking about earlier about the conflict between either religion and science or whatever you want to do. You have to celebrate victories like this mm-hmm. when it comes to science. Any final thoughts, Dylan? Oh, I'm ready for news. All right. So let's <laughs> another great episode. Let's move to news and gossip. After Once again, why do we say gossip? It's Cosmos. I know, right? There's because some... we already discussed this. Stars, yes, celebrities, stars. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> rumors. I never heard that one. Religious <laughs> rumors. All right, Scott, what do you got for this? Well, I know uh, you're going to help me out a little bit with this too, aren't you, Don? Yes, I am, you sir. Have here on, I'm right on, here. On, as your backup. On Kepler. Kepler 186F. Yes. Oh, 186F. Yes, put on your glasses here. Okay, right. It is the most Earth-like planet the cousin i heard about yes, this is the like Earth Earth's cousin, cousin. Oh, right i'm so excited about this it's it's relatively the same size um it's in the habitable 1. zone 1. yeah so, so yeah so one wow, it's relatively the same size very close, right very close um they're saying it's in the habitable zone where water could exist they're not sure Ooh. they think it could uh, it, it, the whole thing is fascinating though because it's with a star that's a little bit a uh, different type of star than ours sun um, you know that they said may not have life because it's got a little bit more radiation. It's a little bit of a dimmer star, mm. um, but because of the fact because it's basically in the same location orbit as Mercury would be in our solar system, but Ooh. the fact that that star is different means that it's still in the habitable zone, right. hospitable zone. And Marissa re- just pulled up a, a picture of Kepler. Yeah, Thank there you. it is. Yes, yeah, Steve. There we go. Look at this. You can see the different sizes there, close to the beautiful planet Earth. So they're going to be spending some more money. Um, The Exoplanet Survey Satellite is set to launch in 2017. That's going to look for even more planets, too, that could be similar, that could have life on it. So this this is also opening up the field that there could be, which we've always talked about in the past, lots of other planets that could have life and in the relative close area to us. So this is just the fact that there's like 18 or 100 or so that there could be at least two dozen, maybe even more, that have life on them. So it's really, really cool. Here, wow. here are some awesome. quick uh, things that we do know and don't know about this uh, Kepler 186F. So we know 1.1 times the size of Earth. Right. Due to its size and location, it's likely a rocky, rocky planet. Uh, planet. Oh, I can't speak now. You guys are rubbing off on me. Um, so it's not <laughs> a gaseous ball planet. It's not Jupiter. It's not Saturn. No, it's not gaseous, um, exactly. It's about 500 light years away from Earth. So it's going to take us a while to get there. Um... They say it's about several billion years old, obviously. Right. Um, it orbits its sun in 130 days. So yes. you, you'd be really old on that planet. It's like half the, yeah. the time period. Um, well, because, really again, it's close that. to Mercury, basically, yeah, yeah. is what they're saying. It's like its orbit is basically Mercury. But like you said, since the star is different, even though it's Mercury close, it's chilly because mm-hmm. the star is, I don't think, what, the star is probably, what, older? It's not as bright as, like, our sun? Yep. Uh, and hence so, more radiation, which we've learned on right. Cosmos. So it'll be chilly episodes. there. Right. Uh, oh, this is fun. This one's a fun one. Um, okay. At noon, high noon, it would only be about as bright as our planet at sunset. Oh, wow. Because exactly. ah. it's dimmer. So yeah. never, it's never going to get that bright. So, and uh, some of the things we still don't know, obviously, we don't know if it has water. We don't know if it has an atmosphere. Um, you know, and obviously we don't know if it has life. So. No, but it's in the, that's, that's the thing that's fascinating that we never know. You know oh, and we don't know what kind of gravity it has. It could have crazy gravity. We don't know. We don't know. You know, and add to that, see, the common theme is we don't know. We don't, we know. don't know. We don't know. But just the fact that 
we have to realize just how perfect our existence is here. Right. Because there's so many things that mathematically had to happen. It had to be perfectly aligned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So the fact that we're trying to justify, well, it's a little cooler than Earth, but we're, it's the... I don't want to say... Everything has to be exactly perfect. The beauty like, of, this, yeah. of science, of just the astronomical number, you know, the, the chances for us yeah. to be here right now. So and, and it is. I mean, it's absolutely... And, and I even think about the detail. Like, even, you know, like this week alone, I noticed that the, the roses in my neighborhood bloom because it has to be the exact amount of sunlight, the exact amount of nighttime. You know, it's like 13 hours and six minutes. It's like, it, that to me is fascinating. Like, this exact week they bloom. That was beautiful. It's, no, but it's those details that I think yeah, are really amazing when you go around and walk around and you notice those little details. I'm taking off it's my so glasses. It's a dramatic effect. <laughs> well, um, I, I was got one other thing. Speaking of looking up at space and using, you know, telescopes and everything, there's going to be a new remote-controlled robotic Wi-Fi telescope that simplifies stargazing that you can be able to use with your smartphone. It doesn't come cheap, though. It doesn't come cheap. No, it doesn't, but it, the, the telescope simplifies stargazing because this next star evolution line connects wirelessly to your mobile device uh, by aligning to your gadget's GPS and your gadget's data to calibrate. However, it's about $2,000 right now is, to be able to uh, own Is that the um, one? Did you read that in um, Wired? Yes. Okay, uh, so... I happen to know the assistant sales manager at Celestron, the place that makes yes, that's those the one that makes those telescopes. Yes. Uh, maybe I could uh, see if we could uh, get our hands on one of those to play with. That'd be awesome. Ooh. We could show our fans. That'd, That'd be, be fun. fantastic. Yeah, would be Absolutely. Fun. Um, I'll put the word out. Um, I had something here. Go for it. I shared um, on the site, facebook.com slash a cosmic perspective. Um, <laughs> there is a fun thing that I saw floating around. It's called Far Future Facts. And uh, it starts off with, uh, like, the Earth and the sun. And it goes from 1,000 years from now to, what, I think 100 quintillion years from now. <laughs> all of what they think is going to happen along the way. Let me oh, just throw so out a cool. couple of good ones. Uh, quintillion years from now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me, I'm just going to go down to what I like to call the end. Um, 13,000 years from now, Earth's axial tilt will be reversed. So it'll start spinning the other way. Um, so we get to switch now. We get to be first, East oh, yeah. Coast. We get to be first. <laughs> um, in 100,000 years, uh, there will either have been a super volcano or a large climate-altering asteroid to change the Earth's climate. You mean not 2029? Nope, nope, not 2029. Okay. Uh, it could be it, though. It just said in 100,000 years it's probably going to happen. Okay. Um, one million years from now, all the glass that we have made will finally decompose. So think about that when you want to recycle glass. Um, 8.4 million years from now, um, the probe, or it's a satellite, it's Legaios? Do you know, Legaios? Do you know how to? Do you know? oh, it's yeah, a, it's no, a GPS it, it, yes, it satellite. Is, yes. It is not going to come crashing back down into Earth for 8 million years. Wow. Carl Sagan actually put wow. a plaque on it for when it comes back down, and it shows how the uh, continents of Earth are right now okay. and how oh, they will so be cool. in 8 million years. Oh, wow. For, so that if humanity is still around, sure. they will find it, and then it can, it's basically a really, really yeah. long time capsule. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, the coolest time capsule. And then I skipped yeah. way one, ahead. I know. Skipped way ahead to 1 billion years from now, titled... Game over, man. Uh, <laughs> the sun is gonna. The sun's luminosity will go up about ten percent 
Earth's surface temperatures will raise and all of the oceans will evaporate. Yep. <laughs> I, read, I read that myself today. Sorry, yes, true story. So we got a mil- what is it, a billion or a million? That's a billion years. No more oceanfront real estate, people. That's oh. just really sad. All right. Oh, All right, let's oh, quit God. while we're behind. So let's move on to predictions. Get us out of here. And now, after Once again, what can we predict? He just gave us a prediction, basically. Will we... Okay, are I we... I predicted one billion years, all of the oceans... <laughs> are we going to find... Oceans of Earth will evaporate. Well, here's a question. Here's okay. a prediction. Right. Are we okay. going to figure a way off this crazy rock before that happens? I don't even think we'll be around oh. by then at the way we're we're going. We're not yeah. even going to be around. I'm sticking to my theory of transhumanism. If <laughs> I know, you don't, I don't know what we'll, it is, yes, look I love it up. that. That is a fascinating theory. Uh, that yes. would be that would be great. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I'm with Scott. But I think when you we're think, just going to kill ourselves. We are. I mean, when you think of how relatively recent we've been around, to imagine us being around for a billion years when we've yeah. only been around for like 40,000 yeah. at most. What? Has anything survived that long? No. No. So, not yet. The Kardashians. Okay, they let's share cockroaches and lead. Those are the three things we'll be here <laughs> in a billion tar- years. Tardigrades. From now. And tardigrades. <laughs> tardigrades. Tardigrades will still be here. Yeah. All right. Tardigrades will always be here. Let's get out of here, everybody. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's no, no intro. I know. It's like goodbye Whoa. music, Marissa. So silent. Okay. Gosh. Like, this episode's been crazy. I don't even know where to begin. So, Scotty, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the old Twitter at sman80. That's s m a n eight zero. Here tomorrow night for the final Archer Ooh, after final show. Archer. Yes, yeah. and uh, you can also find me on my podcast on with Scott. Follow my Twitter to get more details. But airs every Wednesday night. If you Google on with Scott, seven thirty p.m. Pacific. We've got lots of science stuff and other fun things all the time. Nice. And the lovely Autumn Chicklis. Where can they find you? Uh, it is simple as my Twitter handle, which is at Autumn Chicklis. That'd be the easiest and most efficient way to get into contact with me. Nice. And of course, ah. Dylan. So, you can check out facebook.com slash a cosmic perspective that I run with my partner, Courtney Bree. Shout out. And at Twitter, <laughs> at Dylan Chance. And Marissa, thank you for helping us behave. Where can they find you? Of course. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. Nice. Woo-hoo. And follow me at JC Rubio TV on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're speaking of stars, if you're a fan <laughs> of Dancing with the Stars, check me out on the red carpet tomorrow night. So, for Woo. Dylan, Autumn, Scotty. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, I'm JC. We're your Cosmos After Show. See you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.